0: When you talk to people about their care in rural and remote Queensland, there is one consistent in their feedback. They all have glowing praise for the clinicians living and working in their community. These projects aim to empower and build workforces in some of our smallest communities, helping provide equitable care with a whole lot of heart.
1: Thanks for listening to us. Um, trying to solve the ward-based roster. Um, first of all, we're trying to solve the problem that West Morton Health faced um, during the COVID-19 situation. It sort of highlighted that um, we needed to find a short-term solution to solving our issue. So we came up with the ward-based roster. Um, but first of all, I would like to acknowledge and pay my respects to the Jagara, Yugara, and the Yugara-Pool peoples, the traditional owners and custodians on of the land on which we are meeting today and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and community. I would like to pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging. I would also like to take this opportunity to acknowledge those here today who are living with mental health illness and those providing care to people with a mental illness. So first of all, oh, yeah, thank you. I'd like to talk about the demographics to which West Malton Health caters to. So we provide a health and wellbeing services to about 313,000 people across um, the Somerset, Scenic Rim, Lockyer Valley, Esk, Gatton, Springfield, Ipswich, and Boona. We provide a variety of healthcare services which include preventative and primary, ambulatory, acute care, subacute care, oral health, mental health, and other specialized services which include prison health services and alcohol and other drug services in the region. Um, within Queensland, um, we have the fastest growing population in relative terms expected to double to about 587,000 by 2036. Ipswich Hospital by itself has about 419 baits. And in 2021, in order to cope with the growing population, we opened a new 26 bed ward Um, In addition, as part of our master plan, we are trying to build a new 50-bit acute mental health unit, which is aimed expected to be completed by the end of this year. So why do we look at a ward-based roster? Well, first of all, in any medical workforce, about 25 to 30 percent of it consists of residential medical officers. And there were some issues that we were faced with. Firstly, the growing geographical and rural region to which we cater to which results in us not having enough junior medical officers to cater to this number of population. Secondly, we have a seasonal waiting of um, staffing members from August to January. Um, this is due to our junior medical officers progressing to senior roles and the Metropolitan Hospital sort of reaching out to our um, junior medical officers to help fill in the gaps too. Lastly, There were some COVID-19 specific reasons that we have identified. Firstly, border closures, which prevented us from sort of um, hiring more people from other countries. Secondly, we had sick leave and isolation, which resulted in a reduction of junior doctors to care for our current um, patient load. So what are the aims of a ward-based roster? Firstly, we want to ensure that there is adequate staff to cover both existing medical and surgical teams and the new COVID wards that we created. And the aim is to sort of reduce the fatigue phase by the junior medical officers and risk to patient safety. Secondly, we needed to provide some sort of clarity in the duty of care for the teams covering areas with both COVID and non-COVID patients. Lastly, we had to manage the concerns of cross-contamination between COVID and non-COVID areas. So what do we do? We rostered the residential medical officers to a particular ward. For example, in Ipswich, we have wards 6C and 7B, one's COVID, one's not a COVID ward. And we also had model of care services to provide care to outpatient clinics and also the new virtual COVID clinic. There was no ownership by any department or consultant for the junior medical officers in this sense. And we tried to ensure um, safety for both the medical officers and the patients by introducing a sort of ratio of 12 patients to one junior medical officer. We also provided a specific COVID residential medical officer job description to ensure that the junior doctors knew what was expected of them and what they could do. Such as introducing an escalation pathway, so they felt that they were supported and not alone, ensuring that there was some sort of supervision for them as well, and sort of encouraging them to build up some form of leadership for themselves as well, so attach to birth are some of pictures of the examples of what we have done.
0: Uh, Michael uh, is uh, another RMO uh, who is uh, not here today, so but uh, uh, we have used the modern technology and we've recorded, hopefully we'll uh, listen to him.
1: <coughs>
0: no? Anyways, I'll, I'll talk about that. <laughs> so the modern technology didn't work. Uh, <clears throat> so this is the uh, the outcome, the results. Uh, the One of the most important things which we didn't expect is uh, uh, looking at, so after we introduced the uh, ward-based roster for between eight and 10 weeks, especially in the first term. Uh, we had all the goals and aims and also think we never expected something like this uh, where a post-survey we found that uh, if you look at the right side, that was the pre-ward-based roster. Uh, the junior doctors did 518 hours of overtime. But during ward-based roster, uh, it it reduced almost uh, one-fifth. So that was uh, like an unexpected finding. Uh, It it, it produced a bit more efficient workforce uh, and subject to also, you know, we are providing the safe services to all the patients. The other uh, results uh, uh, which we can see is we asked during the survey uh, uh, that during the ward-based roster, how would you rate your fatigue and overtime? And uh, most of the time, uh, it was almost uh, 33% or one-third said this similar, but at least 25% or a bit more, uh, they said they had a bit better than the, uh, the team-based roster. So that was a little bit of a positive outcome as well. The next question was, uh, they're doing ward-based roster? How would you rate your access to support, that is the senior clinicians and so on? So this was overwhelmingly really, really good. Almost 50% of them found that uh, they had a bit more supervision. Uh, what happened is, especially in the, during um, the Department of Medicine, uh, which had almost uh, five wards, which were COVID wards, they also, based on the junior doctors' ward-based roster, they also converted their rosters, the registrars and the consultant, into the ward-based. Uh, that way, that's why uh, actually a team were already there uh, in each ward. Uh, the next question, question was, uh, how would you rate your workplace safety? Again, a large majority, more than 50% said, they, they feel better uh, during the ward based roster uh, compared to the uh, team-based. Sorry. And the last question was, uh, how would you rate the patient safety? Again, uh, that was a bit better than the team-based. Uh, So, the outcome was, uh, the survey outcome was really, uh, the survey was done both uh, quantitatively and quantitatively as well. Uh, Qualitatively, uh, I asked uh, many of the junior doctors their end-of-term and mid-term uh, assessment, uh, and quantitatively we sent the surveys, and the survey was not only just junior doctors, but the nurses, the senior doctors, and the team leaders, and the NUMs, and so on as well. So, what could be uh, done further to improve? Uh, There were some uh, lessons learned. Uh, We needed a better top-down integration. Um, There was a little bit of gap of communication, especially because we had to do it very fast uh, and there was not enough time. Uh, But that that was one of the lessons learned which uh, we, we could do better next time. Uh, We could do a little bit uh, better equitable allocation uh, and distribution of uh, staff, uh, especially when some of the uh, junior doctors who allocated, for example, a surgical term. uh, But by the time the surgical ward was, there was no surgical ward, there was COVID ward. So they had to do the medical uh, term in a way for those uh, few weeks. uh, So the equity was a little bit affected. Uh, a better horizontal integration. Uh, again, as I said, you know, the communication, uh, although we had uh, almost uh, a weekly uh, meeting, uh, and uh, uh, but still I think we could have done a bit better, more, uh, better communication, especially with all the older, junior doctors. And this was a new thing, so yeah, people sometimes didn't understand. Uh, uh, so we could do that better next time. And also, of course, uh, uh, Bit more warning and feedback opportunity uh, prior to implementation, but as I said, we had very like few days, actually a couple of days, actually three or four days, which we did uh, this uh, whole roster, um, and of course uh, uh, smooth, uh, smooth rollout roll uh, out uh, next time. Our future plan is, uh, as I said earlier, you know, with a smaller number. So we had uh, approval for 133.4 FTEs. Uh, but start of the year, we had just 105 FTE employed, and out of that, many were sick and went different places, and we just left with 72 FTEs only. We ran the whole roster with 72 FTEs, almost half FTEs. Uh, so this this can really help when we have a very small number of uh, junior doctors, uh, but we the workload is increasing, uh, especially, for example, um, some pandemic like this, or uh, during Christmas or Easter break, if you want to give large number of doctors leave, uh, you know, uh, we, we can uh, use this ward-based roster easily. Uh, this uh, this helped us to minimize the uh, patient safety, especially infection control uh, by preventing cross-contamination between the COVID and non-COVID ward, because once you are there in the COVID ward, your roster there. So it was really, really, it worked out very well. Uh, um, and of course, the last one was the partnership. Uh, there was a lot of leadership, especially Alicia and Michael, and uh, uh, you know, uh, th- this was the roster by them, for them, of them. Uh, so it, was r- it really worked, worked well. Uh, in conclusion, uh, this is world based roster can provide a holistic and complete solution to our challenges during COVID and constraints of the workforce shortages during those periods. Uh, Which will provide the uh, safe and sustainable patient care. Thank you. I just want. There's the references which you can. (laughs) As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook. Twitter, or Instagram, and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.